High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, lip syncers, dog impressionists, tap dancers, every one of you with a talent out there. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast for me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic, iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, school's still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I... Would like to see the results. I know prerequisites are more like a college thing, but the following are required to sit in this class and required to party with me later. And that is to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. While you're there, if applicable, give us a positive review. Give us a five-star rating. That helps the show. You know how else you could help the show? Catching up on your old homework. It's old, but it's still glorious, right? So catch up on it wherever you're listening, but of course, as well on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me, our flagship, our home. And you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, High School Slumber Party. Just look it up. And I have a personal Twitter now. Oh, my Rodriguez. I don't post a lot, but that's where I'll post non-high school related ideas. We'll just put it that way. So yeah, follow, 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 subscribe, do all the prereqs, because, you know, we got a lot to talk about today. Your other piece of homework was, of course, to listen to the last episode we did. That was Monday's episode, 10-Year Reunion. Our reunion series, our class reunion series, continues. And Joe, too, was my guest, the Lifetime expert. Yes, it's a Lifetime movie, but it's wacky and it's weird. If you're not into Lifetime movies... Drink the Kool-Aid, please. They are so fun. Similar to Twilight. There's so many haters out there. They're so fun. Just relax. Put it on. This one was free on a lot of services. So look for it. 10-year reunion. Listen to the episode, of course. And today, your homework was to watch Drop Dead Gorgeous. What a underrated film. What a cult classic. I feel like it's appreciated now, but for years. Largely forgotten by some... Not everyone. I love the people who kept the flame of this movie alive. And I can't wait to talk about it with Shawnee Mead. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. Guys, come on. You're seniors. We're fast approaching the end of the year. What's going to happen? Will High School Slumber Party continue? Will you graduate? Will you be left back another year? I don't even know what's going to happen. But why don't you just be on your best behavior? Sit your asses down till I dismiss you so that we can end on a good note. 
that's the whole point of senior year, right? No shenanigans, no tomfoolery, just paying attention, focusing, and relishing those last moments, potentially last moments, of high school, right? Huh? Okay, that's what I thought. But I have nothing really more to say to you today. Just want you to listen to this great episode. Once again, Shawnee Mead is the guest all the way from Australia. So excited to talk to her again. So pack your hair jammies. Tell your mother to at Brian's because we're about to get our party on. Ooh, can't wait to talk some Kiki Dunst, Kirsten Dunst. Let's leave you, though, with something patriotic. An American legend, Woody Guthrie. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to New York Islands. That's not the title, but you get it. <laughs> Class dismissed. This land is your land, and this land is my land. California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. As I went a-walking that ribbon of highway, and I saw above me that endless skyway, I saw below me that valley this land was made for you and me shawnee welcome back to the program by now you should know how to introduce yourself and then we'll we'll talk this film all right um great hi well i'm shawnee mead and i graduated from high school in 2007 no mascot though but uh yeah no mascot (laughs) a long discussed thing yeah and today we're talking drop dead gorgeous Mm mm-hmm from 1999, which is a huge year in film yeah. and in teen film, it's been discussed a lot lately. A lot of people have been sharing this book, and I haven't read it yet. I do own it. Best Movie Year Ever, How 1999 Blew Up the Big Screen mm-hmm. by Brian Rafferty. Have you heard of this book? Yes, I have. I keep meaning to read it, but I haven't so far. It's just amazing. I think here in High School Slumber Party, we've realized how much 1999 meant in teen film, but in film in general. Uh, let me see. I always forget all of them because there's too many to name, <laughs> but it makes you think like there are certain years where almost no teen films of note come out, and this year it was just insane. Uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, as we said, mm-hmm. Jawbreaker, Election, Varsity Blues, 10 Things I Hate About You, American Pie, She's All That. Drive Me Crazy, Cruel Intentions, you know what I mean? Like, Never Been Kissed, Virgin Suicides. It was a big time for teen films. <laughs> there was something in the water that year. Definitely. It's mm-hmm. like, it's unfathomable, I'll say. Unfathomable. You know, we had some moments in the 80s, but 1999 was just so groundbreaking. That's a reason I wanted to talk about this film, because of just, like, how much 1999 it's just getting amplified these days, and I mean, people are bringing it up. But if you think about 1999 in the career of Kirsten Dunst, Academy Award nominated Academy Award Kirsten nominee. Dunst, nominee, yes, <laughs> it's it's like equally as insane. Uh, she, High School's Lumber Party Hall of Famer, so we've already acknowledged Kirsten Dunst on this <laughs> podcast, but the Academy now needs to. <laughs> yes, come on, guys, you've been you've taken way too long. 
to acknowledge her up to this point. Like, she should have had one when she was a kid. Come on. She was a vampire. Where was her Oscar for that? What a historic career. Mm. I think people thought, not that she was dead, I'm not going to say that, but people thought, like, you know, she's more of a teen actor, a child actor, but, I mean, getting nominated for Academy Award, Mm. clearly, clearly, just a fantastic career top to bottom. Yeah. Definitely. In 1999 specifically, she did a film called True Heart, which I've never heard of. Mm. No, I've never heard of that. No, so that one maybe got lost in the shuffle. The other three were Drop Dead Gorgeous, Virgin Suicides, and Dick, which is amazing. Mm. Then in 2000, she'll go on to do a couple other films, but bring it on notably. And then, you know, 2001, Get Over It, Crazy Beautiful, eventually 2002, Spider-Man. Before that, in 98, she did Small Soldiers. And then, like you mentioned, stuff when she was a kid, like the <laughs> women interview with a vampire, mm. Jumanji. Just yeah. what a run. What a run. And bravo. We cannot salute <laughs> Kiki enough. Yay. <laughs> so many others in this cast are notable, and we'll get into it. But Shawnee, what is your history with this film? I'm actually very curious about this. Um. All right. Well, 1999. So I was nine when it came out. Don't think I saw it that year because... I think because the time between movies coming out in America and here is much shorter these days, but in the 90s it wasn't. So I I don't remember it being at the cinema, but it would have been. But it definitely came out on VHS in 2000. So yeah, I saw it at probably quite a lot of sleepovers. It seemed to... Everyone wow. would just like, break out the VHS. Break out the video of Drop Dead Gorgeous. So we'd... I think it was the first mockumentary I'd ever seen. So um, Wow. Quickly followed up by all of the Christopher Guest movies, but... Yeah, this was the first one I ever saw. So, uh, and I think I always liked it even when I was a kid because it felt quite different to a lot of other teen movies because clearly it's like a black comedy satire kind of thing and the mockumentary thing. But I've always felt it was kind of underrated, the teen genre. But I think it's been kind of reassessed maybe of late, I think. Definitely. I- I'm surprised you have such a long history with it and and. Uh, you saw it that early into your film watching lifetime because this was not, I mean, maybe it was because there were so many films, uh, teen films specifically in 1999 that were hits, but this was not a hit when it came out. Um, It wasn't a movie. I really remember in the theater at all. I don't even know the first time I saw it. It was years ago, but there was no rush to see drop dead gorgeous here in the United States. I think it was like a, a rental that, through word of mouth, and then suddenly it disappeared for years. I think last year or the year before, sometime during the pan the pandemic, probably in twenty twenty, was the first time it was ever streaming here in the in the U.S. Oh. ever. Hmm. Just this one flipped through the cracks. <laughs> Hulu here picked it up, and uh, now it's on HBO Max. For those of you who didn't do your homework in the U.S., but when Hulu here picked it up, people were celebrating. They were really really excited, and I think like a lot of people were like, oh. Oh, that's one that people actually know and enjoy? Okay. (laughs) So we've seen a nice little renaissance for this film. Watching it today was the first time in a while. I didn't remember everything, but there were so many iconic things that Mm. came back to me as soon as I saw it. Um, You know, we'll definitely talk about those things. But if you are one of the people who are not familiar with Drop Dead Gorgeous, I have a back of DVD copy, or might be VHS, I'm not sure. But I have a picture of it online that I'll read from, so... Here goes. The Sarah Rose Princess America pageant is a beauty contest to die for, and that's exactly what contestants in Mount Rose, Minnesota are doing. 
Ever since the vivacious but vicious former beauty queen, Gladys Lehman, has been pushing her charm-challenged daughter, Rebecca, at all costs to win the competition that has been dropping like flies. Between exploding tractors and deadly hunting accidents, it's a wonder the top challenger, poor Amy Adkins, has the courage to keep her tap shoes on. But after... Oh, Amber Atkins, sorry. Mm. After Amber Atkins... This is a hard one to read because there's like... I was going to say, what? Is this like some bootleg version of the description? (laughs) No, there's like shoes in the middle of it. It might be. It might be a bootleg, Mm -hmm. but... But after Amber's mother is injured in a oh. in a suspicious trailer park beauty shop bombing, Amber is determined to fight to the finish and the battle between good and the bad. Wow. I, I, I would love to show you. Let me send you a picture of it in mm. uh, the messenger because <laughs> it's just very hard to read on the computer with the shoes that are blocking it. Mm. I think also because it's very badly written. I think that's why it's so hard to read. I could just be butchering it, but Amber's determined to fight to the finish, and the battle between the good and the bad is about to get ugly. Experience plenty of mom, apple pie, and all-American mayhem, plus a hit-packed soundtrack in this breakthrough comedy that is clever, fearless, and loaded with wicked lines and touches. Check your Twitter message if you can. And Yeah. Yeah, it is really... Um... There's yeah, like shoes, shoes in the middle of it, and that was <laughs> that was just throwing me off a bit. That's weird. And they got the name of the pageant wrong anyway. Yeah, I don't know. American team Maybe it is a bootleg. Pageant. They got it wrong. Come on, Maybe guys. it is a bootleg. Who knows? But that was my next question. Like, do you guys... We might have talked about this once. I'm not sure. But do you guys have beauty pageants in Australia? No, not really. We don't really have that kind of thing. It feels very American. That's why I asked. Yeah. No, we don't have. What do we? No, actually, scrap that. I think we do. <laughs> I'm sh- I'm sure there's. I, do, some, I don't know but if it's I... quite at the level that it is. Because I'm thinking we've had an Australian in Miss Universe before. I think it's more kind of yeah. like a higher level thing for like models or whatever. I don't. It's not kind of this kind of American thing that every small town has a beauty pageant and everyone's in it and you do it as a kid like it's not i think it's more like a model thing yeah because like it just seems like a crazy american thing <laughs> and it's often mocked in films you know i'm sure there, uh, there's exposure around the world about this crazy idea where i grew up it wasn't a big deal but i do know people from texas and other places in the country where it was actually a big deal mm. to be in beauty pageants and stuff uh, we've talked beauty pageants on here for Dumplin' and some other ones that have come up, but um, I was excited to talk this one because this is an iconic beauty pageant movie for sure. My next question is, how much are you familiar with Minnesota, one, one of our glorious states here in the U.S.? Um, well, in Australia, we sort of are because obviously Fargo has come out here. We're all kind of familiar with Minnesota as an accent and a place, but um, yeah. <laughs> But speaking of Fargo, I love that in this, Kirsten Dunst is like honing her Minnesota accent to be in Fargo years later. Oh, yeah. She, oh, yeah. Uh, Good call. Met Jesse Plemons, her husband. So that's an exciting time for both of them. But yeah. <laughs> Definitely also nominated Jesse Plemons. Yes. Nominated together. How exciting. <laughs> now, it's just so interesting to me that uh, this Minnesota thing, because there are like, I don't know, a bunch of states that i feel like have a very famous type of culture you know and some i'm sure 
no offense to you states who I'm going to mention, but like not really, right? <laughs> Minnesota feels like top 10 states at least that that people around the world know and can kind of identify, especially with an accent. Mm-hmm. You know, Texas, California, <laughs> uh, maybe Florida, New York, who knows? But Minnesota is just so unique in that way and the way they talk and also this movie exaggerates fyi they're really (laughs) cranking it up to 11 with the accent and stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) but also things like minnesota is famous for the people being very uh apologetic and nice and yeah not everyone's nice in this movie but they they have a way about how they're mean you know Mm. well also minnesota kind of feels a bit canada esque and the way they say a like they say some sort of words in common and northern state so exact exactly you know yeah love of hockey (laughs) yeah (laughs) hockey hockey as everyone says (laughs) i won't do an accent again i I promise (laughs) people also often confuse it with the wisconsin accent which is a little bit different but minnesota i love seeing these minnesota high school films when they come and just minnesota things in general are always fun (laughs) Uh, so just wanted to ask you about that because i never know like i okay if i saw an australian film about queensland right like i don't know if i necessarily would be able to be like oh that's the queensland accent you know what i mean so i just Mm. wanted to ask you about that but i think also because australia we just are completely saturated with american movies and stuff but yeah i know it's not the reverse i know americans aren't like you know drowning in australian content so (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so we always often recognize accents and stuff but that's because most television you know is american here so (laughs) i feel like for americans an australian accent there's just like i don't know the regular australian accent and the really exaggerated like yeah i think everyone thinks we all just sound like crocodile dundee but yeah, yeah, there's like the Crocodile Dundee accent and then like the not Crocodile yeah. Dundee accent. Which, I mean, the Crocodile Dundee accent, there's definitely Australians with that accent, but there's less. Everyone else sort of talks a bit more like my accent, but actually mine's a bit different because <laughs> other states make fun of accents from South Australia because they always say we sound British. Oh, interesting. Because the other states have different ways of saying things. Like a Victorian accent is very different, but even when I travel, people often go, oh, are you from England? And I go, oh, no, I'm Australian. Oh, really? And then often there's this attitude kind of changes. Like, my mom and I were in Paris, and clearly because French-British relations aren't always amazing, people always assume that we're British. And then when we go, we're Australian, they go like, oh, and then all of a sudden they're just like, really friendly. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. (laughs) I love accents, so sorry for the segue, just fascinating (laughs) to me. So the cult status that this film has gained has not really translated into extensive research on the film. Maybe in the 1999 book it'll talk about it, maybe. Mm-hmm. I should have done some more scholarly work, but come on, people. Two episodes a week. I, I have to just do half-assed internet research, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> but I did find some fascinating things. The writer, Lana Williams, was from Minnesota who had mm-hmm. competed in beauty pageants uh the original title of this film was dairy queens because a lot of dairy in minnesota dairy state but that's a ice cream chain at least here in the united states and they did not want to you know pay for the rights to use that so changed it to drop good gorgeous which i think is an awesome title so Mm, i think it works better than that (laughs) definitely definitely she actually wrote another film we've covered on here called sugar and spice a cheerleading film has some similar actors as well, so was curious about that. 
However, the director was a gentleman by the name of Michael Patrick Jan. He's part of that comedy group, The State. I wasn't too familiar with him. I am familiar with a lot of the other guys from The State, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Thomas Lennon, Joe Latruglio, Mm -hmm. Ken Marino, Michael Showalter, David Wayne. I love David Wayne films. So when I saw his name, I'm like, oh, why don't I know this guy more? I I was curious who directed it because I had no idea. I knew it wasn't uh, Christopher Guest, but I was like, is this related to the Christopher Guest world? And it's not. Well, it's just a mockumentary. That's the only reason yeah. um, that it might be. But you brought up Christopher Guest earlier. Mm. What would you say your favorite mockumentary is? Um, well, of those, it's hard to pick. But I think Waiting for Guffman is probably my favorite. But Best in Show is also hilarious. The dog show one. So um, yeah. it's really a tie between both of those but <laughs> i think best in show is my favorite mm. but i mean the christopher guest ones that's like you know that's the chef's kiss of mockumentaries <laughs> like no yep. nobody does it better but this one uh this one's up there like this is an mm. interesting i again i hadn't seen it in a while i have some issues with it but mm. it's amazing to me that this director and the writer didn't make more mockumentaries but i guess that just goes to how the film was largely unsuccessful Around $10 million budget, made around $10 million. Film studios don't usually like when a film breaks even. That's not why you get in the business. <laughs> yeah, it's not particularly. But I love how much it's become a cult classic. I forgot what company makes this, but I saw someone with a shirt of, like, Denise Richards holding the gun. Ah. Um, and it was like... I'm like, whoa, that's like a deep cut from this film. <laughs> I forgot what she says when she has the gun. I wrote it down, but it's like intense. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to remember because there's a lot of quotes about guns from her and all the guns. <laughs> but like at 13, I got this. And then at 16, I got this rifle. And like, which always, I always go like, is she allowed to have a gun at 13? In some states, oh. you can. Mm. Oh, pretty sure the shirt has her with the gun and it says Jesus loves winners. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it has something to do with Jesus. A quote. Because <laughs> uh, that's a big uh, motif for her in this movie. <laughs> certainly, certainly. I was shocked, shocked this time about how many famous faces are in this movie. Mm. We, we already brought up Kirsten Dunst as Amber Atkins. Uh, her mother played by Ellen Barkin. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Alice and Janie, I thought was in the film, but I didn't realize how how many uh, speaking lines she had in the mm. movie. She kind of just like steals every scene that she's in. Absolutely, absolutely. She's doing a lot of that in, the, in 1999 in teen films because in Ten Things, she's hilarious. Yeah. The uh, guidance counselor who's writing her romance novel. <laughs> I was just gonna say the fact that she does these two mm. teen movies in the same year. Mm. Bravo, Allison Janney. I mean, look, she, she's she's amazing in general. Mm. She says she gets asked more about this than anything else, including <laughs> the West Wing, including anything else she's she's been in. There are a lot of characters in this. Mm. The cream rises to the top in terms of like good actors. Just like you said, we'll steal scenes, and stealing scenes sounds like a bad thing, but it's not. She's amazing, so I just mm. wanted to give her give her props. Denise Richards, of course. As Becky Lehman. Great to see her in this as well. She was a little bit older in this, which I didn't realize because I feel like Denise Richards has looked the same her entire life, including now. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? pretty> much. 
<laughs> also, now she's a real housewife of somewhere. I don't, of somewhere, I yeah. Who knows? <laughs> somewhere, some state. What a career as well. But I, I remember she was in this. I remembered her character a lot. Kirstie mm. Alley plays her mom. Mm. What do you remember Kirstie, Kirstie Alley from the most? Um... Probably that film that she's in with the Olsen twins. I thought you were going to say that. Um, The thing has Steve Guttenberg in it and they're like, obviously they're twins, but they're not twins in the film for some bizarre reason. They're just identical children out there. I think, I don't know, one of them gets adopted or they both get adopted or something and they try and bring the two of them. I don't remember. It takes two. Yes. I mean, I've seen a bit of Cheers. And yeah, of course. Like, look, look, she's most yeah. famous for Cheers. Let's be honest, but I feel like people of more our generation like always like, oh, it's it takes two. But I'm a yeah. I'm a big sitcom fan, so I know her well from Cheers. Of course, so many other things. Um, what what's there's one thing I was thinking of that I oh Summer School we covered her in Summer School. Mm. I forgot she was in this movie, and she has such a big role. I don't know why I didn't remember her. And her husband is played by. Sam McMurray, who I could not tell you this guy's name, but I have seen this <laughs> dude he's in, in everything. Everything, this guy. A lot of sitcoms as well. Like he, he, he's like Chandler's boss in Friends, Kevin James' boss in King of Queens. He plays a boss a lot. Now that I think about it, he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess he's not a boss in this one, but he's the coworker to Clark in Christmas Vacation. Yes, I was just gonna say that because he's always. They were talking about getting their bonus for Christmas or whatever. <laughs> he plays a good businessman. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he is in, what's it called? Alice and Janie's sitcom Mom. Ah. I don't know. I don't really watch that show, but this dude is just freaking legend of cinema <laughs> and screens, both big and small. So happy to see him here. Who else? Uh, Mindy Sterling. I'm just going down like a list I have, not in order of importance. Mindy Sterling is like the what is what would you say her role is in this film? She's like the the sidekick to Kirstie Alley's character. Um, yes, yeah, I think she's like her assistant or whatever. Or... Yeah, she. I mean, she's in a ton of stuff. Austin Powers. Uh, she's on the show The Goldbergs. I mean, again, another character actor in a ton of things. That was another thing I was going to bring up about Minnesota. It's a very uh, Lutheran state for those who practice religion and that's a that's a big part of this movie their Mm -hmm. specific type of lutheran christianity so you know want to mention that because she she mentions it a couple times in the film that character and even the gun club is the lutheran sisters gun club (laughs) (laughs) yeah which is like (laughs) (laughs) two of the teens i was shocked to see that i just didn't remember were in the film one of them is the late great britney murphy Mm. oh so awful so sad because she's so good in this. Like, she's just, like, really sweet and funny and, like, her hilarious laugh. It's always just so infectious because she's just, like, even that one scene where you don't even see her face and she's just, like, cut away to the judges and she's just laughing, like, continuously. It's just such a laugh. So tragic. Terrible. Guest of the program, Austin Wolf Southern, is a huge Brittany Murphy fan. He's watched all her films. So I'm sure he's seen this one. But uh, with her, like, we need to get her in the High School Slumber Party Hall of Fame because... Mm. She's so good. Clueless being, I think, the most iconic teen role she ever had. But look at the accent she does in Clueless. And look at the mm. accent she does here. <laughs> Bravo for Murphy's acting accent work as well. And then the other person was Amy Adams. I had no idea she was in this movie, even though I'd seen it 
you know, a, a bunch, but not in years. I was like, is that Amy Adams? Apparently it was her first performance. Back before she was a redhead. <laughs> I guess so, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't know what her natural hair color is. But... I think she is blonde. I think she's one of those. Like Emma ah. Stone. She's one of those sort of, they became redheads. Wow, that's two like iconic redheads mm. who are not redheads. Whatever, your hair, your choice. It's not I think a red, criticism. But... Being a redhead suits both of them, so you know it works. Definitely, but uh, I know she hasn't won, but I think she's been nominated for an Academy Award five or six times. So yes. if you want to talk just like Academy Award nominees in this film, it's amazing. Mm. And winners, because Alice and Johnny. Yeah. Won one for I Tonya, though I was just pretend she won it for this because. Uh... <laughs> So it's Kirsten Dunst. We'll count nominees and winners. Kirsten Dunst. I believe Ellen Barkin. Let's see. I feel like she must have. Emmy. She's been nominated for Emmy Awards. Mm-hmm. So still an award nominee. I don't think Denise Richards has been nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> but Amy Adams and Kirsten Dunst. That's three at least. Mm. A couple other people I wanted to mention. Alexandra Holden. Probably not a household name. But she was in Sugar and Spice and The Hot Chick two other films we covered here she was also in uh friends Mm -hmm. as well for for those of you friends fans out there she played ross's college girlfriend or like not not when ross was in college (laughs) ross was professor doesn't matter you get it she was in college (laughs) yes (laughs) i think probably people recognize her most for that now Mm -hmm. i'd say the judges are famous faces one person i want to bring up and only because of this fact about him um, Will Sasso's in this film, Mad TV, bunch of other stuff. Most of his scenes, if not all, were added in post-production. He plays like the brother of one of the judges who mm. has some issues, a problematic character. Yes, I've always, even when I was watching it, you know, originally, I've always been very uncomfortable about those scenes. Like it just, it's not necessary. It's very ableist and gross. And I think everyone hates that. So it just didn't need to be there yeah and guess what shawnee not only was it added after but mm-hmm. it was added because the producers felt like there was not enough male characters oh, in the movie get out <laughs> what i read that i'm like what the hell <laughs> he might be nominated for an award later <laughs> that we terrible. have see that's why probably everyone hated this film when it came out because hollywood hates women that's why do you really really oh. need to uh do that right terrible other people just of note right adam west at the beginning i thought that was awesome yes <laughs> the, the adam west intro batman himself original batman apparently thomas lennon who i mentioned before uh is one of the documentarians i always forget he's in it but then he's the documentary guy that asks all the questions because then i always recognize his voice <laughs> yes yeah exactly good call that's where i'm like i know he was in the film but yeah duh his voice mm-hmm. and then uh both judges are familiar faces. They're just like, again, people who are in a lot of movies. Both the dude judges, I mean. And the other judge, I just found out, she was the writer of the film. The one that looks always really upset. <laughs> she's <just laughs> so unhappy all the time. Not really sure why. <laughs> Glad she can get into the film as well. So. Yes. Pretty, pretty cool cast. Pretty awesome cast. Specifically the young women. Mm. Let's talk about the scenes in Drop Dead Gorgeous. We already mentioned that this is a... Uh, mockumentary mm-hmm. what are some moments early on that really stuck out at you uh, hmm. i mean i feel like when we meet all of the contestants that's sure. just like full-on mockumentary drama because it's just the full like you know 
we randomly have everyone's bedroom and then we meet their family and we sort of find out what their, I guess their quirk thing is. I mean, not all of them have a quirk, but I mean, there's the one that she's obsessed with dogs. That's her thing. It's <laughs> full of dogs. And she keeps talking about her German shepherd that, you know, had to be taken away because it mauled her. But only because she had a treat in her front pocket. wasn't his fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think it's the way they just set the scene of kind of meeting everyone. And they, they clearly do that thing where they point out kind of straight away who the front runners are going to be and that everyone else will just kind of be there for laughs, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I, I yeah. like the humanity in some of the characters I mm. really enjoyed. Yeah. You mentioned the dog girl. I liked the girl too. <laughs> who um, uh, was signing everything and really yeah. into that. I yeah. that was really cool. Mm, I think her mom was deaf or like a whole lot of people in her family. So she sort of, I thought that was good, but yeah. And that she wanted to do everything like a sort of interpretive dance in sign language. It's funny, but it's also heartwarming with Coda being nominated for an Academy Award here. Mm. So she appears to be a child of a deaf adult. Thought that was ahead of its time. Not a lot mm. of other things. Are. <laughs> no, I can't say that, but like. Back to the ableist thing. Yeah. A lot of uh, hard R's in this movie. Uh, so that yeah. doesn't translate well. A lot of them, at least double digits. Uh, again, the Will Sasso yeah. character, not great, not great. You know what I mean? So no. they giveth with a character who's signing, but they taketh away <laughs> with a yeah. lot of problematic language and characters when it comes to, yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, even having a character who... Clearly we keep visiting her in the hospital because she has severe anorexia. Mm. But I feel like maybe in other films it would be worse, but I feel like they've put it in there because it's kind of the, that's kind of from like the satire angle. It's kind of, they're putting it there because they're like beauty pageant, toxic beauty standards, like unrealistic beauty expectations. Like I've, I kind of get why in a pageant movie they've put that in, but that kind of feels doesn't feel as bad as the other stuff that's in it i'm glad you bring up that character then that's actually alexander holden's character Mm. i feel like they might have hit that note a little too hard this movie does get wacky a lot wackier than some other mockumentary films Mm. uh, especially towards the end but again drop dead gorgeous people die in this movie (laughs) yes sort of crazy ways you know i don't want to say i'm against wacky but you're so right. It made me a little bit uncomfortable that they kept going back to her yeah. anorexia and making a lot of jokes about it. <laughs> um, especially like at the, you know, uh, one of the later scenes, they're like, oh, she threw up a lot. I guess she ate a big meal. You know, it's just like, come on. Mm. But that lip syncing bit is, I mean, that was funny. When she comes out on stage and she's doing like her farewell performance. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like again, to flash forward to an award, that's not the character I would eliminate. I love that yeah. lip syncing performance. I think that bit's just funny because of the physicality of it all. Like yeah. when it starts to speed up and she's like moving her arms and like the poor nurse all of a sudden is like trying to run because she's now trying to run. And push <laughs> like, that's more just funny in terms of like the staging and it's lip syncing, but yeah. <laughs> I like Brittany Murphy's character. Like, she went to yeah. New York to visit her brother, fell in love with New York. Um, <laughs> we, we have a lot of theater. I'm not just saying this yeah. in New York, but we have a lot of theater <laughs> kids, at, I mean, around the world, but especially in this country who, like, will have these trips to New York and get, you know, get really mm-hmm. excited about it. But specifically her brother, who's like a, a dra- drag performer. Yeah. And I love all the pictures because then she's like, here is this Liza, and this is Barbara, and this is Madonna. Like, just. <laughs> And yeah, maybe it was played for laughs, 
And it is funny, but it's also cool. Like, she admires him. Yeah. She's not like, oh, get him away. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. the one, like, really Lutheran lady makes, like, a a negative comment about, you know, drag performers early on. But she's a bad person. You know what I mean? That's fine, right? Like, I loved the Brittany Murphy character. I thought she had so much heart. Even the Amy Adams character. The Amy Adams character who, I I guess, like, some people could you know, make judgments on her, but she has a lot of heart as well. Yeah. The girls had so much heart in this movie, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, me too. And I love that actually it was all just, apart from, you know, Becky Ann being awful, all of the other relationships, the girls were just, like, supportive, and it was just supportive female friendships, which is really rare to see in any film, but especially a teen film, because usually, you know, they're, like, fake friendships, or, like, no one, everyone's just out to get each other, but even though they're all in a you know competition they're actually all just supporting each other and wanting each other to do well and like Brittany Murphy gives Amber her outfit because it was stolen like it's just it's just really nice to see in a film that they're all actually just no one's trying to tear each other down they're all just supportive and like you know they just have lovely friendships except for Denise Richards character mm. But there's always got to be, like, one, because there's got to be competition somewhere, I guess. But <laughs> And I blame her mom for that as well a lot, yes. too. You know? <laughs> uh, the pressure she puts on her, uh, her being beauty queen. Mm. This time I was taking it back again, how sweet the girls are to each other. Exactly, exactly what you said, how supportive they mm-hmm. are. And how funny they are. Yeah. This movie has, a, a lot, again, a lot of wackiness, but a lot of uh, funny things as well. Oh, Wanted to note that the team is called the Muskies, which is a really, really, really Minnesota thing. Um, it's a type of fish that, if it doesn't only exist in Minnesota, it's mm-hmm. like a very popular Minnesota fish, you know? So I, I thought that was cool. I love deep cuts when it comes to the places that our films take place in, right? When she says Muskies, if you'll notice, she makes like a face that looks like a fish. And I, guess I have always like wondered because I was like, what does a muskie, uh, in my head a muskie is like some sort of big beast thing. So I was like, what does a fish <laughs> have to do with that? I've never understood why she's doing a fish face, but now I, now I know. <laughs> exactly, right? It, to me, it makes it feel like more more of a mockumentary and more of a personal story. If yeah. you kind of got to look something up, right? And when they throw in like the Ludafisk thing, he's like, oh, you've got like Ludafisk in your hair. And she's like, it must be Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the librarian exactly. that was a beauty queen, she explains what it is. So that, I think that's funny. <laughs> I think that's so cool. Yeah. There was one more thing that I think people might see as problematic today. And that's the one beauty pageant that the, she's an adopted daughter of the Japanese couple. Yes. I don't think necessarily the fact that they adopted her and she's a beauty queen is problematic. I think they're played to like yeah. a very stereotypical Japanese way. Yeah. You know what I'm definitely. saying? <laughs> they go way, way too overboard with that. <laughs> the movie doesn't focus on them, so it's not as crazy or apparent. And I don't mm. even mind that element of like people came to this country, really like American culture, and the beauty pageant is part of it. I just, again, thought that they were mm. caricatures rather yeah. than characters. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but I do like all the contestants. I-, I love their outfits. I love Kirsten Dunst's optimism. Especially when yeah. like, she go- she goes back to her home um, at the trailer park and like mm-hmm. she says that her mom was in beauty pageants. And Diane Sawyer. <laughs> and Diane Sawyer, her hero. But she hopes to be more like Diane than her mom. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she's just so like, you know, 
clearly they live in a trailer park and she has a lot of jobs, like after school, at school. I mean, I think that her after school job at a mortuary doing makeup, I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> it's just Again, like a chef's kiss. What a great teen job. We talk a lot about like yes. teen jobs on this uh, podcast <laughs> recently. We did an episode of High School Slumber Party AP, Mickey and the Bear, where her job was uh, taxidermy hmm. animals. And Island <laughs> brought this movie up actually. And this is part of it. This is like mm-hmm. one of those wacky teen jobs that I think they exist everywhere, obviously. Funeral homes. <laughs> yes. I don't know how many teens are doing the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? But I love when the documentarian asks her, uh, like, do you embalm the bodies? And she's like, God, no. Like, that's a weird question. Yeah, God, no. I just do the but... makeup. As if they let a teenager do any of that. Like, you know. <laughs> And then even later when they come in, she's like, oh, don't do that. Like, anyone could be in here with, like, a bone sore or something. Or, like, just can't sneak up on the living in a funeral home. Like, <laughs> I was almost, we live in such a cynical time today in 2022. Mm. And maybe for good reason. Yeah. Watching on this time, I couldn't remember exactly how it ended. And I was waiting for the shoe to drop with Kirsten Dunst. I was thinking, she's so sweet. She's so nice. What's the angle here? What's the catch? And there really isn't one. She's just, like, a... She's just really nice and optimistic and and the fact that she's happy that that's her after school job because she's lucky because it's the only after school job that lets her practice her talent because she like taps around as she's doing the makeup which I find that and she sort of like times the you know makeup brush to the beat of the music and like just find that (laughs) (laughs) and it sort of like puts her in like the center of then when people start dying like she sort of has kind of knowledge about death already so it's kind of puts her kind of in the center of that yeah it's desensitized her a little bit and yeah you get to see her reaction so that the other thing i wanted to um mention about her home life and some of the stuff she says like you know she really wants to get out of that town mm. um she, she, she says sometimes i dream of winning but she talks about how the only people who leave town are on hockey scholarships or to go to prison yeah <laughs> I think it's a genius line. Like it's almost like in an optimistic way, uh, you know, like, or that those two things are equal, like a hockey scholarship or prison. And the mom and uh, Alice and Janie's character love their rapport, love how supportive mm. they are of her. Yeah. And that Loretta's kind of like her, almost like her auntie or like a second mom. Like she's like as supportive of Amber as the mom. Like the bit when she's like, she's the most smartest. <laughs> Let's just say who should win, who deserves to win, is Amber. Why don't you just paint a big old target on your ass? Best damn tapper, the most smartest. Most smartest? Yeah. Oh, that's great. You're real educated, like, most smartest. Get a picture of that. Most smartest. Most smartest. Come on, come on. I'm cutting you off and sending you home. She's got to go home Well, excuse me, Annette, but I'm breaking up your kid here. Come on, let's go. Amber's going to be the next Diane Sawyer, you know. I'll be right back. See you later. They're making a movie. All right, they're making a movie. You don't know where this is going to end. What makes you think that Becky's going to win? Why do I think Becky will win? You're talking... Ow, don't pinch. You're talking about the richest family in a small town. It's front page news and one of them takes a shit. Oh, great. Can one of you boys give me a ride home? Don't fall far. She lives two trailers down. So, be real easy. Go on home, Loretta. Come on. Go on. Go Mm -hmm. on. The party's over. Absolutely. You know, Mm -hmm. um, her father's not in the picture, whatever. Mm. When her mom's in the hospital, like, she really, uh, Allison Janney's character really just steps up. Yeah. It's like instinct, you know? So you could tell how Mm -hmm. just close she is with that family. Um, By the way, there's a series of things happening in the film in terms of people dying, like that dude dies. And the first girl who was in the pageant, Tammy. Tammy, who was 
one of the favorites to win because she just wins everything. Yes. So she had to go because uh, got in the way of Becky Ann. <laughs> yeah. That blowing up lawnmower. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a lawnmower. That was mm. wild. <laughs> Even Amber's mom gets caught in the crossfire. Amber, like, yeah. keeps missing her mm-hmm. potential attacks. But uh, when a- when the trailer blows up with Amber's mom, she survives, thank God. But she has that Miller Lite beer can, like, yeah. essentially soldered to her hand. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> and then the bit she's like, you know, just before I left, like, I, I took two tap shoes into my panties. Or just, just go and find the guy who cut them off. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then she tries to sort of drop out because she's scared. And then Loretta's like, well, you know, you could just go in and tell her. But, you know, she rescued her tap shoes while she was, like, flying through the air like a goddamn lawn dart. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, she's even being really supportive of you, Amber. She's being blown up. So I don't think you can quit now. (laughs) This movie is, like, heartwarming at the same time as it's funny. And I love that. Or even in the hospital when she has the beer can Mm. still attached to her. And Allison Janey tells her basically, like, Oh, see if there's still beer left in there. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then she hits she... Amber on the head with it because she's like trying to tell her she's quitting. <laughs> so she just like smashes her on the head with it. Oh, <laughs> I mean, man. all the hospital bits are funny. Like that poor candy striper that's like, hey, would a cool man help? And she's like, you know, would a cool man help if I shoved your head up your ass? <laughs> 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 ah, but she, Loretta's just like, you know, whipping out the one-liners everywhere. But... One of the... Uh iconic uh moments for amber to me was always well everyone really but like when they're quizzing all the girls before the pageant mm. and they're kind of asking everyone like easy simple questions yeah like, what tree would you be like you know things like and that. they ask it's obviously rigged or yeah you know, it's supposed to be rigged for uh denise richard's character mm. but when they ask amber to <laughs> list all the states alphabetically and to spell them <laughs> oh sorry yeah sorry list yeah them. even harder spell them alphabetically yeah. And Kirsten Dunst just nails it with her accent. Yeah. She's nervous at the beginning, and it cuts to the end, and she's so excited. She says, Name and spell all the United States in alphabetical order. Seriously? Um, yep. Well, um, Alabama, E L A B A M A. Alaska, A L A S K A, Arizona, A R I Z O N A, West Virginia, W E S T V I R G I N I A, Wisconsin, W I S C O N S I N, Wyoming, W Y O M I N G. Okay. I'm like rooting for her so hard. Yeah, because she looks so scared. Like they ask that, and she looks like, "Oh, um, okay." And then she just starts like Alaska, A L A S K A Alaska. And then by the end, she's just like, "Yes, I've got this." West Virginia. Yeah. And then they go like, "Oh, okay, I guess." That didn't work then, so they have to just like tick something off. Like, mm, okay, <laughs> that Love didn't that work. Scene. <laughs> we didn't mention the one girl who's like an actor. 
but like kind of a depressive yeah. actor. And, you know, what kind of tree? Oh, wait, whatever kind of tree you want me to be, just let me like warm up. So then she's just like doing tree exercises. <laughs> and then her thing is like, I'll do like Soylent Green. And she's doing this intense, like one woman Soylent Green. <laughs> Soylent Green monologue. I love it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anything else before we get to the pageant? Because I do have some reactions to the pageant, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not really. I mean, I think we've covered all, like, the deaths and the stuff and the... This is a short movie. Mm. But I was... was 96 minutes, like a... Yeah, I was shocked with Mm. how early we get to the pageant and the fact that I didn't remember anything after the pageant. I thought we ended here at the pageant, Mm. so I was surprised to see that we were here at the pageant already, you know what I mean? But the pageant is classic Mm. like what are some of your favorite moments from this pageant here there's so many to go over yeah i mean well the first bit when they sort of have their you know proud to be an american where they'll have their like america hats because they throw in like the amy adams character that she's meant to be a bit like you know just thinking about sex so her thing is like the washington monument so like that sort of you know her stupid boyfriend's like going woo 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 in the crowd (laughs) i love everyone and then Brittany murphy has like the statue of liberty but she's trying to like you know light lady liberty's torch but it's like oh oh, that's not i love uh denise richards mount rushmore yes (laughs) she said that to me is such an iconic uh moment in the film and yeah just an image and the fact that she's been holding the side up because like clearly it's really heavy on one side of her head like the faces are hanging over the edge <laughs> her reasoning is like they could take this ugly mountain and put faces on it like <laughs> it's so fucked up and then the one has that ball of string and she's like i i, I think i misunderstood the assignment <laughs> oh. which i thought was funny now because everyone's like 
she understood the assignment my friend's obsessed with that saying now so i just think that was funny but (laughs) (laughs) again so many just great moments from this pageant it's just so good and although everyone in the town is passionate about this everyone's there and we get to watch a lot of great things we've already mentioned the soylent green but the girl uh barking the one who likes (laughs) dogs or whatever like the different kind of dog barks i thought was so good yeah that's hilarious and then i mean clearly becky ann's performance is hilarious where she just opens up sort of you know with her talk singing and then all of a sudden there's a giant jesus spinning around the stage like (laughs) Now, it is with overwhelming pride that I introduce to you contestant number six, who is also the president of her class, two years running, an honor roll student, and the new president of the Lutheran Sisterhood Gun Club. Ladies and gentlemen, Rebecca Ann Lehman. You know what? The rumors are true. I do have a special fella in my life. And if nobody minds, I'd like to sing a little song just for him. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. Oh, shit. You'd be like heaven to touch. I want to hold you so much. At long last, love has arrived. And I thank God I'm alive. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. Oh my god. Uh, that always just makes me laugh. <laughs> I think it's funny because Heath Ledger sings that in 10 Things I Hate About You yes. the same year. Yes. So I was like, whoa, two iconic teen movie performances. I mean, this one's sort of iconic for a different way. <laughs> yes, because she's dancing with Jesus. Yes, and I love that scene where she just like, all of a sudden she's on the platform with the Jesus and then they just like, you know, spin across the stage. Like it's just like... <laughs> Oh, it's Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, Frankie Valley. I knew it was Frankie Valley. I couldn't remember the name. I think because there's so many iconic lines and I always forget which line the song title is. (laughs) (laughs) I wish that they uh, made like a super cut of both the... Well, I'm sure it's easy to do if you know how to do those things. I don't. (laughs) But I want a a super cut of 10 Things I Hate About You and this movie. (laughs) Yes. Both those versions. (laughs) That I mean, look, that's great. That's amazing. Um, yes, we know it's Kirstie Alley and her daughter, uh, but they're trying to sabotage yeah. everyone by killing people. But also, Kirsten Dunst, uh, character specifically, because she seems like she has a real chance to win. Amber, so that is costume is stolen. Yeah, her costume gets stolen, and the rule is like if you don't have a costume that's approved. Approved a week before you can't perform, and she wants to do her tap routine. At first, um, mm-hmm. you know, some stage that lady, that stagehand, gives her. I think she's the choreographer lady. Choreographer, yes. Yeah. Oh, because because there's that. Because there's the scene with her and like them doing the fitness routine with like the chairs. The fitness like, routine is so good, and the paint going everywhere. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> there's just so much here that I love. But yes. first, she gives her that uniform she can't do, and then Brittany Murphy's character selflessly giving up mm. her spot in the show to give her her like 
New York based uniform, which is just you yeah. know whatever, but works great for tap dancing. First of all, looks mm. looks great. And the fact that every other performance is silly, but then all of a sudden, like Kirsten Dunst just comes out, and it's like everyone's like the crowd's like, yeah, this is actually good. <laughs> She's actually like talented because the others are all kind of like you know it's not really a talent. <laughs> so good, so awesome. Yes, I like the stuff in the beginning. There's a lot of fun stuff. But if you want to boil this movie down to this pageant, mm. I'm all in. I think yeah. the pageant delivers. Mm, definitely. In the end, our winner, of course, is Denise Richards' character, Becky. Not a surprise. <laughs> Not a surprise. But again, I love how happy Amber is and um, what's her name? Uh, Amy Adams' character. Yeah. Leslie, I guess her Leslie. name is. They're, mm. they're happy for being third place and second place, respectively. It feels like... I don't know, I wouldn't have mind if they played it a little bit differently, I wouldn't have minded it if they ended here. Even though it was a disappointment, we know there's corruption. Or maybe like a smaller end. Mm. I was shocked, Shawnee, shocked when I saw that there was a good 20-something minutes left of the film after mm. this beauty pageant. Yes, it keeps going. Because, yeah, you go like, oh, it's the pageant already. And then I was go, oh, yeah, wait, but there's, you know, there's more. There's after the pageant. <laughs> and I got to be honest with you, between her dancing with Jesus, between the cool tap dancing routine, between all the fun and games that happen at this pageant, I don't know how I feel about the last part of this film. The parade, I don't mind, because I do remember the parade and how it looks. And the, the fact that, the you know, Kirsten and Amy Adams are, like, in that secondary position of like, oh, we knew we'd be here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Choking on swan gas. <laughs> <laughs> and the swan that the dad got from Mexico that Denise Richards is in. That's yeah. iconic to me as they run this parade. And then it blows up. <laughs> and then it blows up. I mean, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this? Because um, I thought the movie could have also ended here as well. I mean, I've always thought that was sort of funny. Like, I mean, I get why the last bit's in there. Because if you think about real jokos and stuff, they like to kind of have like more stuff to like finish and I was like to go back and kind of go like this is what they're doing now so I sort of get why they did that because they needed to kind of have a documentary finish I guess but but yeah I mean I find that the fact that the swan blows up I mean I think in this film any other film it would be like why is this happening but in this it just works because it fits with like the wackiness and it fits with kind of the well the other deaths even though this one was an accidental death <laughs> but I mean and I guess it works because it finally you find out who's been killing everyone because then Kirstie Alley kind of is grieving because her daughter's just been blown up in a swan. So all of a sudden she just like breaks and then starts yelling at everyone. And then like, you know, the whole thing comes out that, you know, she's been killing everyone. But then I was thinking about it last night and then I was thinking, we know that she kind of was doing killing the contestants and that she like blew up the trailer and was trying to hurt Amber. But then I was thinking, did she kill the guy or was that Denise Richards because then I'm like I don't like I don't know I sort of feel like it could have been her as well that but we never know because then she's blown up but I I actually had that same question for you I felt like Denise yeah. Richards definitely killed the guy because they show her with the guns even though the mom is also pro yeah. proficient in guns as well but it's like the mom wouldn't really care about some boy that she liked because it has nothing to do with going to state and winning the pageant and like so I feel like she probably wouldn't have cared about that but because they clearly show that Becky's like really annoyed that this guy doesn't like her and likes Amber instead. So then I was thinking, we never kind of get a resolution on that. And the minute then they cut to like, we find he's dead and then they're talking to her when she's got her guns going like, did you know he was shot in the head? And she's like, oh, well, hunting season. But like, you know, she's got her own rifle. So a 
I almost feel like maybe it was her for that one death. <laughs> was the swan just a fluke thing? I know they were talking about the gas and stuff like that, so I assumed it was just an mm. accident, right? But there yeah. was there's there was no foul play there, right? Yeah, no, I think it was just she'd gone all out to design this like swan thing, and then that was just a a fluke accident. <laughs> so I'm watching it at this point, and I didn't remember exactly how it ended. And I'm like, wait, is Kirsten Dunst the bad guy the whole time? Because what a twist that would have been. That, like, she's setting up a lot of the murders herself as well. Because she becomes pageant queen after mm. the death of Denise Richards. At a funeral, by the way, which is interesting. Like, <laughs> that they took that as priority. And then yeah. when we move on in the pageant circuit, which, again, felt like... I, I, I could have ended again at this funeral scene. Yeah. I don't know if we needed to see her continue on to states where everyone gets sick but her, and she yeah. flukily wins again. Mm. And then in nationals, it turns out that that organization that was sponsoring it, that makeup company, mm. goes bankrupt, and all the <laughs> other pageant queens rebel except her. And then she's just like, oh, well, I guess I'm not getting out of the town. <laughs> it's a cool image, but I don't know what it... Mm. like what what its purpose was and what it gave us i think because again the doco thing they like to kind of often go off and like investigate like companies involved with stuff so i feel like yeah to be kind of if they're really sticking with the like this is a documentary thing i mean i don't mind that bit but yeah it could have ended before that and you know i don't think it interrupts my sort of enjoyment of it but yeah it probably could have finished a little bit earlier maybe but (laughs) so uh, how exactly did Amber uh, become the news anchor, right? Like, uh... hmm. Well, I suppose because they'd always talked about it because she just, you know, her hero of all time was Diane Sawyer. So she just wanted to kind of follow in her footsteps. But I think it's that the weird, like, sum up bit at the end. And then it's sort of showing that Gladys escaped from prison and she's still trying to get Amber. So all of a sudden she's holding up a store in the town because she's on the roof in, like, camo with a rifle. And then. The news is there, but then the newscaster gets shot. Like she gets like caught in the crossfire. So then Amber like leaps in and starts reporting like on the scene. So then it goes like Amber showed like great poise under pressure. So then she got the I think I'm assuming the news anchor then died. <laughs> so then she sort of got her place and got her job. <laughs> Which is just Yeah, weird. I mean I, and I like that she ended <laughs> up there. It feels fitting. Yeah. It's just it was I I totally my favorite part of the movie is the pageant and mm. the stuff that happens after. If I'm rewriting it again, I rewrite it to end I, at the funeral. I thought it brought it to a nice conclusion. Our girl Amber becomes beauty queen, but I suppose you're right. It's a documentary, or it's supposed mm. to be a documentary. Yeah, because I think if this was like a Louis Theroux kind of show or something, I feel like he probably would do that kind of stuff, and he'd go back and we'd like catch up with everyone and. Even like all the Christopher Guest ones, like we definitely get a sort of, it's like months later or it's a year later or whatever, but we get the checking in on all the participants and like what's going on and that sort of. Oh, and that's that's fine to me. That's fine yeah. to me. I just, again, I thought there was a pacing issue the way they did it. But I mean, I guess if you cut it earlier, the movie would have just been an hour long and that's not, not fun or, or allowed. I don't know if it's allowed. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. Would that be a short film then? I don't know. <laughs> I suppose so. I'm not sure but what the rules are about what's a feature-length film? <laughs> it didn't ruin my enjoyment of the film, uh, especially mm-hmm. again not on this watch. Um, I see why it's a cult classic. It's really fun. Does it age a hundred percent well? No, but 
there is enough in here that again I found really heartwarming, really funny. Um, mm. Definitely, it's definitely one of the better mockumentaries in my mm. opinion. Mockumentaries might be one of my favorite film genres. Yeah, I think they're really cool and really creative and usually funny. I don't know if mm. you would make a not funny mockumentary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not on purpose, right? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen like an unfunny mockumentary. I have seen some that just weren't good, but that's another story. I think maybe they were meant to be funny, but <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. they weren't. No, exactly. Uh, so this movie was supposed to end with Gladys, Kirstie Alley's character, committing suicide in prison. Oh. And the town sniper was originally shot as that original teen princess, oh. Iona Hildebrandt, you know, the librarian. Mm. But they ran the test and everyone was like, we don't like this ending at all. So yeah, no, I've never, I didn't even know that was an ending, but that's terrible. Yeah, that sounds that. pretty bad. That sounds pretty bad. <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah, that doesn't work at all. Shawnee, any other moments you want to bring up in the film? Did we miss anything that that deserves um, some recognition? No, I think we've sort of covered all of the the iconic bits. I think. Yeah, I don't really even want to go into the, the Will Sasso stuff. Oh no, I yeah. That can, so, I think we've discussed that enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at my notes. So let's just go to our awards then. Who was this movie made for? Um, teen teen girls. And people that are probably adults that have been in pageants, I guess. But <laughs> The mockumentary crowd, perhaps, too, mm-hmm. you know. We didn't also mention that one of the judges seems to be into younger ladies. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's kind of... The way they do that is awkward as well. Because like, it's sort of like, is he just worried people assume things or like is he weird like is he weird i don't like it mm. it's awkward but you you know yeah. what i was okay with no, i'm not okay with what he enjoyed okay obviously yes. but i was okay with it that they didn't really hit that hard in the movie like they did with some mm. other things i think if you're gonna do a movie about this especially like underage beauty queens there's mm. always that element that people are wondering about which is like who's yeah. into this you know yeah so I don't mind that the character is there. I certainly don't support his motives. And I'm and I'm glad that like he wasn't like a main part of it or like he didn't end up wait, did I miss him like hooking up with one of the queens? Right? No, that he No, it was ever, it was only ever just kind of him going, I'm implied, but I'm, not, I'm right? not like into that or like, you know, I don't know why anyone would think that I'm Okay, okay. Young girls look and then he keeps going like, Oh, I mean the contestant's not the young girl. Like there's never anything other than just him. Okay. I was like, when I said that, I was like, oh no, did I miss something? And I'm just like supporting this guy. No. Okay. Yeah. So no. yeah, I'm glad that it was left and implied. I think that's perfect. We're leaving it there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, the whole thing was clearly meant to show that Gladys had just picked whoever in town to be a judge. Cause you know, she was rigging it anyway. So it was kind of like, you know, she just picked like whoever. Even her husband was the lead sponsor, so... Yeah, and then, like, the other judge was, like, you know, the husband's assistant at work and, like, you know... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it was clearly just, I've just picked whoever because it doesn't matter who's judging because I'm telling them what to do anyway, so... (laughs) Most likely to succeed, who won the movie? What character comes on top at the end of this film? Um, well, I feel like of the teens, I'm going to say Amber. Yeah, I think it has to be Amber. Yeah. And then I suppose of like the adult characters, I just think Loretta's the funniest. But yeah, but overall, it's it's Amber, of course. Like you know, she wins the movie <laughs> and the pageant. <laughs> Wooderson Award. Is there a character here who you would have liked to have seen more of? 
I don't know. I feel like it was sort of a good balance between the amount of time spent with all the contestants and then spent on. Yeah, no, I feel like the balance sort of worked, I guess. I mean, maybe just a bit more of Brittany Murphy just because I wanted to see more of her. But but no, I feel like pacing wise, the way they do, I think everything. Yeah, everyone had the right amount of time. Yeah, I agree, but I, I also said Brittany Murphy because we didn't mm. get enough of her in in life in the world. Yeah. So more the more Brittany Murphy, the better. Yeah, and I'm just greedy for like a bit more Brittany Murphy on the screen. So. <laughs> I think we know the answer to this one, but Long Duck Dong Award is there a character whose omission would make the film better? Who would you yes, delete from the movie? Definitely is. <laughs> yeah, definitely the hardware store owner brother. Probably the other guy. You know, I think both. Both of the brothers, but definitely the, you know, the brother we've talked about already. <laughs> yeah. He... And and the fact that that was added after, which I didn't know, but I mean, the fact that that was, a you know, after add-in because they didn't feel like, you know, there was enough testosterone going on. Like, you know, that's just... Ridiculous to me. That Ridiculous. shouldn't have been made. Like, I feel like this movie, if it was made today, I hope it would be made by a woman. Because, I mean, it's funny and everything, but I just feel like the kind of, it should have been a female director. Like, I just, and I hope in 2020 a film like this would be, because I feel like everything else, like, it's written by a woman. I looked through all of the crew, like, the costumes, like, a production design, a whole lot of stuff was, you know, women behind the camera, clearly in front of the camera. And I liked that it was a film written by a woman, but it actually passes the Bechdel test, because often there's a lot of films that even... When women write them, people make them change stuff and then female characters are just talking about men all the time. That's a tick that actually, like, you know, men were kind of, you know, on the periphery, really, even though obviously they tried to add some more. But the fact that, you know, men don't really come into this world that much and it's really just when the female characters are talking, they're just talking about, you know, other women. So that that is always a tick. <laughs> Especially in teen yeah. films because there's... That rarely happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, great to see. It's really awesome mm-hmm. here. You're right. Like, you know, maybe a uh, woman behind the camera would have been a, a bit better. Um, we certainly did not need the Will Sasso character. Mm-hmm. And that's just like insulting, like, in so many ways, like, insulting that they felt that they had to add an extra character because there were too many women. And then insulting that the fact that they felt the character that they had to add to fill that had to also just be completely like you know a derogatory character and like you know throw in as many ableist jokes as possible like if you're going to fill that slot with a guy put someone else like I don't know why it had to be that too so it's just like everything about putting that character in is just offensive to everyone (laughs) (laughs) it's just like mm. the true definition of the long duck dong award for sure (laughs) cameron fry award did anyone look too old to be a high schooler um i don't think so like i know denise richards was a bit older but i don't really feel like that because that's always the thing in teen movies and often and even when people went to high school often like the cooler you know the cool beautiful people were often they seemed older i don't know because they better looking than everyone else like i don't know so it just kind of yeah it didn't it's not like she stood out like a sore thumb or anything for like she was too no. old and they were all kids <laughs> no and again this is a mockumentary they're not going to cast someone who looks too old that would be a very bad decision because it's supposed to be yeah. like a documentary right yeah so i think they did a really good job here even denise richards at like 
29, 28, whatever she was, 27. Mm-hmm. I, I know she was in her 20s. Denise Richards just always looks like Denise Richards. Yeah. She was a convincing favorite, so I think you're right. Okay, let's grade the movie. Let's take that red pen out, get the manila mm-hmm. card out, A plus to F scale, Shoni. But before that, let's look up and see what other people have said about this film. Mm-hmm. 46% by critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Not a great score there, but... 76% by the audience. So that kind of indicates this cult classic status, right? Yeah. Critics didn't like it at, at the time. More and more people have watched this. It's aged mostly well. We've said the things that maybe didn't age well, but mostly mm-hmm. well. And then Letterboxd, the film nerds, 3.7 out of 5, which is a really good score for that site. Yeah. And I mean, most of the top reviews that I saw were all like, you know, 4.5 to 5, that kind of score. So like, you know. <laughs> but we're gonna throw those scores out shawnee a plus to f what will you grade drop dead gorgeous i mean i think on letterboxd i've always had it as a five but i just felt like this time you know i still love everything else about it but i just sort of felt like because i was so uncomfortable about the other stuff that i it had to lose a half a star so um it's gone down to four and a half so i think i'm probably gonna go an a not quite an A plus, but can't blame still you. Top score, you know. <laughs> yeah, great score. Hmm. I actually gave the film an A minus. I I think again, aside from some s- silly stuff, whatever, the pageant to me wins me over so much. Kirsten Dunst's character wins me over so much. The last, but mostly, and I didn't expect this. The heart of the film, especially between the young girls, really won me over this time. So A minus. Really enjoyed this watch. Mm. I feel like this should be a good one, Shawnee, this sleeping bag question today. If you and I are at our Drop Dead Gorgeous slumber party, what does your Drop Dead Gorgeous sleeping bag look like? With a pageant? Very visual movie in that respect? Um, I mean, I don't know how comfortable it would be to have my arms like resting on the top of it, but maybe something with, you know, sequins. Something kind of tap-themed. I don't know. Something sort of sequiny, I guess. <laughs> I like that, you know? Something that would fit in the pageant world i like that i love how uh when kirstie alley's talking about the pageant themes how they're all like america themed like they're all puns on usa and america and stuff like that so i'm just gonna have a very americana sleeping bag like i want stars and stripes everywhere too much i want just a vomiting of the american flag all over this but you can be like the fitness routine yeah like you know there was a lot of dozen stripes going on (laughs) all america there (laughs) glitter and sequins and everything that you can make the american flag sparkle let's do that (laughs) (laughs) you know the next question is my favorite question every week rent two movies get one free (sighs) we are in the magical blockbuster that has every film that has ever existed. We know we're renting Drop Dead Gorgeous, but we're online and I see a sign that says rent two movies, get one free. And I say, Shawnee, I'll hold our place in line. Head to the back. Head to the back. Go and get something out. And then I'll be stressed because I'll be like running going, oh no, we're going to miss the thing. And then they're going to make Brian pay. And I'm going to be like, no way, I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, two other movies and get them <sighs> quick. What two other quick. movies should we watch with Drop Dead Gorgeous? All right. Um. Oh. I know this isn't real, but I'm feeling stressed. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm really there in that blockbuster. All right. Um, okay. I think I'm just going to grab 
get over it. That's my first grab. I'm getting that. Nice. Curse and dance. We're going sort of quirky again. Um, oh, I think I'm also going to go 10 Things I Hate About You just because of the Allison Johnny connection and another 1999 film. So there we Ooh, go. Okay. And I made it back and you weren't even at the front of the queue yet. So <laughs> there we go. Got time to grab some snacks. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So I'm going to pick two other films. One is obvious. It's not a teen film, but I feel like I need to mention it. Mm-hmm. And that is Miss Congeniality, another yeah. pageant movie. I just feel like I need to put that DVD on the Instagram. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's the yeah. first one. And the second yeah. one I'm going to pick is off the top of my head, the other Minnesota teen film I could think of. And this mm-hmm. one, they don't really use the accents heavy. And, of course, Alice and Janie is in this film as well. So another Minnesota teen film. And that is Juno, ah. starring yeah. Elliot Page now mm-hmm. and Michael Sarah. Yeah. And, of course, Alice and Janie, J.K. Simmons, who we love, Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Juno, Miss Congeniality, nice. and Drop Dead Gorgeous for me. I loved your picks. This is a movie that I feel pairs. It's it's like a good wine. It pairs well with a lot of things, you know. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I think I might so, have to grab some extra snacks because I think I'm gonna have quite a long slumber party to catch all these films. But that that's all right. We can do it. <laughs> we can do it. A lot of them are short More films. So. <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, Shawnee, this was a blast. I I love talking this movie. Um, it's, it was such a fun movie to rewatch. Thanks for coming on to High School Slumber Party. You got a big list. You'll be on again. (laughs) Anything else you want to say? And if not, where can people follow you and find you? Um, Yeah, I just want to say I'm happy that this is my first 90s movie on the podcast. Oh, Um, yeah. Congratulations. I've never done a 90s movie before, which like, that's my movie childhood. So there we go. Got a 90s one. I mean, I think I've done five 80s movies, so I wasn't even alive then. (laughs) But, you know, here I go. I've got a 90s one in. So that's, uh, yeah, no, but thanks for having me on. It was a fun movie to talk about. And I was happy to watch it again for the first time for a while. So, uh, yeah, I guess you can just find me on Twitter. I'm just at Shawnee Mead. Um, I might tweet a bit less soon because I'm going back to uni. But um, I'll always be tweeting about, you know, what movies I'm watching and that kind of stuff. So that's where I that's where I am. <laughs> and you always make time for High School Slumber Party. I appreciate it. And you? <laughs> you've been through the wars. You're, you're a lifetime member because you talked all three Kissing Booth movies. So Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm a winner. Just <laughs> Thanks again, Shawnee. No, thank you. Big thank you to Shawnee Mead, now and forever and always. That was a really fun episode to talk about. Can't wait to have her on again. Drop Dead Gorgeous. If for whatever reason you haven't seen it, watch it. Doesn't age the best, but at its core, it has a lot of heart. It's very fun. As you can tell, we both loved it. So definitely, 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 if this episode hasn't convinced you to check it out, do it for Kiki. Do it for the legend that was Brittany Murphy. Do it for Denise Richards. Or how about doing it for... What everyone else in this great cast. I mean, this is such a great cast. Again, I don't know why I'm rehashing the film. You get it. Amy Adams? Anyway, (laughs) thank you once again to Shawnee. 
Unfortunately, I'm going to send you home this Friday with some homework, send you away from this slumber party with something to do. And that is to watch a movie for Monday. Island Addington High School 8P is back. We're going to talk a modern film once again. And this one is called Banana Split. Do you want to buy my corned beef sandwich? Uh-oh. You don't like my sandwiches, my music? I don't think that's how friends work. Maybe we shouldn't be anymore. We shouldn't be friends? You the same thing you've been saying. Brought you food afterwards and you didn't even say thank you. Come on. This is cliche. April, have your salmon. I'm not hungry. Mom, she's allowed to be depressed. Thank you. No one as good as Nick will ever love her again. Where did this Clara girl come from anyway? April, she's here. How come I've never heard of her? Because she's like moved here, so I'm just showing her around. And you thought, before I show her the Chinese theater, she should see Nick's penis? Hi, you're April. Uh-huh. Do you want to go do a shot? Why are you being so nice to me? I want a reason to give you a black eye. God, your eyes are pretty. What about when he grabs your boob like a tightly sealed jar? What about when he refers to his dick as a Quidditch stick? He hasn't done that with me. <clears throat> I think we should make some rules. I concur. First rule, no talking about Nick. Second rule, no telling Nick. Are you gonna tell him? Are you a rat? Benjamin, do you wanna know what happens to rats? They get shanked in their sleep. They get their carbon monoxide detectors disabled. Yeah. You guys are perfect for each other, you know that? You're my best friend. You're my best friend. I think about you all the time. You've exhibited very little personal growth. Who are you rebounding with? It's just like this girl. So once again, that is your homework. Watch Banana Split. Come back here. Same channel. Maybe the same time. We'll see how busy my weekend is. Same channel. High School Slumber Party. High School Slumber Party. AP. It's going to be a good one. I promise you that. Can't wait to talk more of these modern films. They're equal in my mind to these nostalgic films. And that's what makes this show great. We don't just look back in the past. We talk about the present and maybe even the future. (laughs) Once again, thanks so much for listening. And remember, guys, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop looking around once in a while, you can miss it. (sighs) It's about time to hop in that sleeping bag. So let's give you a nice little sleepy tune so you can go to bed as well. From this film, in a sequence I love, how about Conga by Gloria Estefan? Later, dudes. Come shake your body, baby, do that conga. No, you can't control yourself any longer. Come on, shake your body, baby, do that conga. No, you can't control yourself any longer. Shake your body, baby, do that conga. No, you can't control yourself. Any-
It's over. Go home. Go.